0: and especially as today, as this show is going live, it's the beginning of Pride Month 2023. So before you even let out any of your Pride campaigns or whatever promotions that you might do, be sure. Are you sure you wanna hang with Eddie Kane? Are you sure that you wanna hang with this community? Answer this question for yourself and be sure about it. And then once you decide that, once that answer is yes for you and the community, Um, or whatever communities it is that you've decided to serve, buckle up and go. Do what it is that you have planned to do. Support them, serve them, execute your brand plans, actions, listen, learn, make iterations, and keep going. Keep going. Welcome to Inclusion and Marketing, the show that's all about helping you develop the insights and mindset you need to win the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers, especially those with differences that are often ignored by brands. I'm your host, Sonia Thompson, an inclusive brand coach, strategist, consultant, and someone with a lot of differences. Let's get to it. who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. Inclusion, and by extension, inclusive marketing is under attack. The world seemed to go through a major racial reckoning three years ago after the murder of George Floyd. And although progress has been made, there's still quite a bit of resistance to inclusion. And it seems recently those voices of resistance have been growing louder. Of note, we've seen this play out over the past few months with the backlash against Bud Light and their partnership with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. I offered up my thoughts on that in episode 56, Inclusive Marketing Lessons, from Bud Light's Dylan Mulvaney Fumble. I'll drop a link to that in the show notes so you can access it easily if you haven't listened to that episode yet. Then there was backlash against Sports Illustrated and Adidas for their efforts in inclusive marketing. There was a group that called for boycotts of Sports Illustrated for featuring a transgender model on the cover of their swimsuit issue. And there were calls for boycotts of adidas because in their 2023 pride collection they featured a couple of non-binary models wearing swimsuits and then last week attention focused on retailer target who decided to remove some items from the 2023 pride collection of merchandise because of threats to their store employees threats given on the customer service line, and even some people damaging pride displays in stores. No bueno. All this attention, it seems, is directed specifically towards the LGBTQ community. And while unfortunately the LGBTQ community is getting hit hard right now, like seriously hard, there's just a lot of vocal resistance to inclusion in general. Disney's live action remake of The Little Mermaid just opened in theaters. And while it performed really well, both domestically and globally, there's been a ton of negativity surrounding this movie from the start because of the casting of singer and actress, Halle Bailey as Ariel. There was even a hashtag, not my Ariel, with people expressing their discontent. Now, of course, just in case you're not aware, all this discontent is because Halle Bailey is a black woman. And people are like, no, it cannot be possible that a black woman is playing Ariel. So as I peruse the comment sections of recent stories about outrage for brands leaning into diversity and inclusion, I noticed a common theme among some of the comments, and I'm going to read a few, see if you pick up on the trend. Here's the first one. I really want to know what is actually going on behind the scenes. No business with any sense would go so out of their way to advertise to such a small segment of society, knowing that doing so really won't increase sales at all, but likely cause a decrease. Who was forcing all these business sense and sports teams to pander to this segment of society. Here's another one. Couldn't agree more. Please stop shoving this in our faces every minute of every day. Live your lives, but I'll live mine also, and it doesn't include taking my children into a store where this merchandise is prominently displayed. Is it still okay with the woke mob if I make that choice for myself? Good grief. And here's another. It is the woke industrial complex. Most major corporations have DEI administrators. These new political commissars, in, in parentheses they've written, who could not get a real job, Enforce woke ideology throughout the organization. Even the C suite cannot fight them. If you don't have one, the DOJ or some state agency will sue you for discrimination. These DEI coordinators set up quote unquote affinity groups to support every identity group they can think of. They then push this on consumers, and on and on it goes. And here's another. I honestly think most folks are sort of live and let live. Obviously you have some who are loud and shrill on both sides, obfuscating the issues. However, the great majority are fine until a pie gets shoved in your face and told you have to love this. And here's another, what gives them the right to make me inclusive? Woke is death for a company and this last comment that i'll read comes in response to an article about the current target situation referencing target's response to looting of their stores in 2020 after the murder of george floyd now this article that was written today referenced a statement from 2020 from target's ceo who mentioned that the company was committed to using our size scale, and resources to help heal and create lasting change. So here's the reader comment to that part of the article that I was reading. Do we get a vote on this quote unquote lasting change? How will Target create this lasting change? Sorry, don't want a mid tier department store gunning for and promoting any lasting societal change. And they put parentheses around lasting. So did you pick up on a theme there? I'm wondering if you did. I'm curious what your thoughts were on listening to those comments. As I mentioned, there's a lot of resistance to inclusion and inclusive marketing right now. And from these comments and what I'm hearing as I listen in other voices on this matter is that those who are resisting feel that it is being forced on them or shoved in their faces. They do not like it. Now, I want to make sure I'm clear in letting you know that I'm not invalidating anyone's feelings. People feel how they feel. I do want to point out that these feelings of resistance, of not wanting societal change, of not wanting to be forced into, and when I say forced, I mean, quote unquote, forced into accepting a new way of being, one that is more inclusive. That resistance isn't new. More on that in a minute. But first, let's talk about the impact this resistance to inclusion is having. First up, more harm is caused to already marginalized communities. LGBTQ plus young people are four times more likely to attempt suicide. An LGBTQ plus community are four times more likely than non-LGBTQ plus people to be victims of a violent crime. Feeling safe? seen, and having a sense of belonging are critical to this community. But resistance to inclusion, particularly as it relates to the LGBTQ community, continues to cause harm to an already marginalized group. In response to the uproar over some of Target's Pride merchandise, Eric Carnell, creator of the Abprolin brand that designed a few of the pieces, said he received hundreds of hateful messages, including death threats. He told CNN, the amount of backlash that I have gotten has been overwhelming. I just hope that this is the beginning of the end of the messages and the onslaught that I'm getting. His products are among the products that were pulled from the Target collection. Add that to the mean and hateful videos, comments on articles, and social media comments. The harm that it causes to people within the LGBTQ community is unquantifiable. A second negative consequence of the impact of resistance to inclusion is that unjust systems and laws and apologies stand. And sometimes they're even being made. I live in Florida and there's been a ton of resistance to inclusion, particularly in the past few years. And because of that, new laws have been passed that have, in essence, set back some of the progress that's been made. There's now a law that bans diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives in public colleges. Books that promote inclusion are being removed from district school libraries after complaints, sometimes even from just one parent. And a new bill was passed that is even changing the narrative of how we tell the stories of historic events, events that can be used as teaching moments. For instance, a Florida textbook was rewritten to exclude any mentions of race, when telling the story of civil rights icon Rosa Parks, a woman who, of course, refused to move and sit at the back of the bus, which laws said she had to do because she was Black. Her action, or refusal to take an unjust action, was an important moment in the civil rights movement in the U.S., and it's pretty hard to tell that story effectively without any mention of race. In a third consequence and sort of impact of resistance to inclusion is scared marketers and business leaders. Marketers are seeing the response to Bud Light and Adidas and Sports Illustrated and Target, and they don't want that to happen to them. They are scared to lose customers, scared to be seen as political, scared to be in an unwanted PR storm, scared to make their jobs any harder than it already is. I get it. This is new for a lot of people. The feeling of fear is real. I also think it can be used as a moment to practice empathy. People from underrepresented and underserved communities, from marginalized communities, those who are often on the receiving end of hatred, violence, unjust laws and policies, including the Black, Asian, Latino, Muslim, Jewish, and LGBTQ communities in particular, feelings of fear, uneasiness, and not belonging are very normal part of their existence as they're interacting with people who are not part of their communities. However, we don't get the choice of opting out of the tension, opting out of the unjustness, of bias, of all the negativity. We don't have the option of just kind of putting our identities to the side and waiting for things to pass before we come out and act. So if you're feeling fearful or uncomfortable, take a moment to sit with it and understand that feeling is an all-too-common feeling for the communities that you want to serve. Here's what I want you to remember. You must resist the resistance. Resist the resistance to inclusion. Resist the resistance to inclusive marketing. Okay, so remember when I said that resistance to diversity and inclusion isn't new? Dr. Martin Luther King covered this topic in great detail in his beautiful and poignant letter from a Birmingham jail. If you've never read it in its entirety, it is so rich, and I encourage you to do so. I'll add both a link to the written version and an audio version in the show notes. But I'm always amazed, although I shouldn't be surprised at how much issues that happened so long ago are still so relevant to much of what we are experiencing today. So I want to tackle some of the issues we are experiencing with regard to resistance to inclusion and inclusion in marketing and the impact it's having with Dr. King's thoughts on this topic. So let's cover a few things with kind of a Q&A type of approach with common objections people are having both from a consumer side and the marketing side about inclusive marketing, especially in this current climate we're finding ourselves in. The objections are the questions, and I'll leave it to the wise Dr. King to provide the answers. All right, first question, so to speak, is, this backlash is only relevant to the LGBTQ community. It's such a small percentage of the population. We shouldn't jeopardize everything we're doing and risk alienating such a large group of people for the sake of such a small portion of people.
1: Moreover, I am cognizant of the interrelatedness of all communities and states. I cannot sit idly by in Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly.
0: This next one is about wanting to avoid potentially political and or polarizing situations and wanting to not be at the forefront of these conversations. It's also about addressing the you're pushing this on us objection.
1: My friends, I must say to you that we have not made a single gain in civil rights without determined legal and nonviolent pressure. Lamentably, it is an historical fact that privileged groups seldom give up their privileges voluntarily. Individuals may see the moral light and voluntarily get, give up their unjust posture. But as Reinhold Niebuhr has reminded us, Groups tend to be more immoral than individuals. We know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Frankly, I have yet to engage in a direct action campaign that was well-timed in the view of those who have not suffered unduly from the disease of segregation. For years now I have heard the word wait. It rings in the ear of every Negro with piercing familiarity. This wait has almost always meant never. We must come to see with one of our distinguished jurists that justice too long delayed is justice denied. This
0: next objection is about not really wanting to be in the mix with all these issues are being challenged so hotly in the mainstream and a desire to wait it out a bit as a business until the situation dies down a little bit, gets a little better, and it's safer from a business perspective, and I'm saying safer in quotes, um, to move forward and to take a stand on these issues.
1: My Christian and Jewish brothers, first I must, must confess that over the past few years I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time, and who constantly advises a Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. I had hoped that the white moderate would understand that law and order exist for the purpose of establishing justice and that when they fail in this purpose, they become the dangerously structured dams that block the flow to social progress. I had hoped that white moderates would understand that the present tension in the South is a necessary phase of the transition from an obnoxious negative peace in which the Negro passively accepted his unjust plight to a substantive and positive peace, in which all men will respect the dignity and worth of human personality. Actually, we who engage in nonviolent direct action are not the creators of tension. We merely bring to the surface the hidden tension that is already alive. We bring it out in the open where it can be seen and dealt with like a boil that can never be cured so long as it is covered up but must be open with all its ugliness to the natural medicines of air and light. Injustice must be exposed with all the tension its exposure creates to the light of the the white moderate would reject the myth concerning time in relation to the struggle for freedom. More and more, I feel that the people of ill will have used time much more effectively than have the people of goodwill. We will have to repent in this generation, not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good people Human progress never rolls in on the wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts of men willing to be co-workers with God. And without this hard work, time itself becomes an ally of the forces of social stagnation.
0: All right, I have an idea of what you might be thinking. Let's talk about it, and let's talk about it right after this short. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron or could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever with an AI powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs and a full 360 view of every customer. So your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross sell. Also you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Break. Now you might be saying, but Sonia, this is great and all, but I'm a marketer. I'm a business leader. I'm a founder, entrepreneur, whatever. I'm not a social justice warrior. I've got a brand to run. Now, before you say this doesn't apply, I want to remind you that Brands have power. Brands have influence and shape society. Brands have the power to not only shape and influence culture, but the way in which people feel about themselves. Whether you think it does or not, whether you like it or not, your brand has power. It is at work whether or not you actively choose where and how to direct it. Your brand's power upholds systems of oppression or it breaks them down. It reinforces negative stereotypes or it breaks them. It challenges the status quo or it creates new, more inclusive ones. Here's MLK on the topic.
1: Whether we will be extremists, but what kind of extremists we will be. Will we be extremists for hate or for love? Will we be extremists for the preservation of injustice or for the extension of justice?
0: So the question isn't whether or not your brand has power. It's how will you use it? Does this mean that you have to become a social justice warrior? By the way, that's one of four inclusive brand personality types I've identified. To find out which one you are, go and listen to episode 29, What Inclusive Brand Type Are You? And you can also take the inclusive brand type quiz. I'll drop a link to both of them in the show notes for you. But no. I'm not saying every brand needs to go out and take a social justice stance like Ben and Jerry's and Patagonia do on their issues of choice. But I am saying that as a brand, step into your power, step into your role as a leader, an influencer, and use it for good. In 2018, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit editor MJ Day, who was still in her post today, wrote about how the brand was advancing an idea of inclusion even if the world wasn't on board with it yet. She wrote, In recent years, we've worked hard to make the swimsuit issue a celebration of another idea, long obvious to those of us in the real world, even if Hollywood, the fashion industry, and mainstream and social media are sometimes slow to embrace it. The inarguable truth that beauty comes in all forms, dark, light, curvy, slim, tall, short, All types of beauty are worthy of celebration. So here's what I'm saying to you. Building an inclusive brand doesn't mean you wait until everyone is on board with inclusion. It's about having a vision and values that align with inclusion and moving forward with it, even if that means blazing a trail when others are slow to embrace your vision. That's how you can step into your power. That's how you can use your power for good And that's how you can lean into your power in a way that supports the communities that you're serving and also grows your business. All right, we've covered a lot today. And here's what I want you to do. First up is revisit your values. Your values are the foundation of building an inclusive brand. You've heard me say this plenty of times before. Your values ground you. They are your North Star and they help you make decisions, big, small, important, and everything in between. When you're rooted in your values, it doesn't matter if there's backlash to one of your decisions or actions because you're moving based upon your values, not based upon reactions. Make sure your values have a component of inclusion baked into them. Number two, revisit your goals. Of course, you're running a business. Being inclusive and inclusive marketing should be tied to your business goals. When done right, inclusive marketing leads to growth. That growth might not always be linear, but it will come when you stay the course in serving the communities you've chosen. Focusing on your goals and making sure that the people you've chosen to serve feel like they belong with you also makes it easier to shut down voices of resistance who may oppose one or two tactics they see you engaging in. Remember your big picture. And number three, refocus on impact. Inclusive marketing done right isn't just about the marketing. Inclusive marketing done right has a positive impact on the underrepresented and underserved communities you've chosen to serve, whether it's helping communities seeing what's possible by seeing themselves represented in meaningful ways, whether it's advancement on issues that impact communities in deep ways, or even if it's leveling the playing field by making more of what you offer accessible to a broader group of people or any number of other benefits. When you include more people and support their communities, your impact has a ripple effect that goes far beyond them buying more of what you have to offer. Focus on the positive change your brand will make. And the last one is buckle up and go. So one of my favorite favorite, favorite movies is The Five Heartbeats. And think about in the very beginning of this podcast, when this podcast got started, I told a story about this movie, The Five Heartbeats. But at the end of the movie, they're all getting together after a lot of turbulence, a lot of up and downs. And they're trying to get together to sing again as a group, the five of them. And they're one by one calling calling each other up. And they call the former lead singer, Eddie Kane. And he says, you sure you want to hang with old Eddie Kane? I'm going to put a link to this clip in the show that you got to see it. You got to watch the Five Heartbeats if you haven't already. But anyway, he says, "You, you sure you want to hang with old Eddie Kane?" And, you know, JT, which is Leon, he's like, yeah, yeah, we're sure. And I just love that part. And the thing that I want you to remember here is as you go out and you're serving these communities, particularly those that are underrepresented and underserved, there's going to be some people who are going to have a problem with it. So you need to be sure before you go external with any particular campaigns that even if there's backlash, that you're going to stand strong. You're still going to be hanging with this community. You're going to still going to be there ready to serve them. So before you, and especially as today, the, as this show is going live, it's the beginning of Pride Month. 2023. So before you even let out any of your pride campaigns or whatever promotions that you might do, be sure. Are you sure you want to hang with old Eddie Kane? Are you sure that you want to hang with this community? Answer this question for yourself and be sure about it. And then once you decide that, once that answer is yes for you and the community um, or whatever communities it is that you've decided to serve, buckle up and go do what it is that you have planned to do support them serve them execute your brand plans actions listen learn make iterations and keep going keep going resist the resistance to inclusion resist the resistance to inclusion in marketing inclusive marketing is the future of marketing it's coming, and every day we get closer and closer to inclusive marketing just being the way we practice marketing. So there's resistance that's popping up now, but they are not going to stop what is inevitable, and that is inclusive marketing is here to stay. That's it for today's episode. If you like this show, I would so appreciate it if you'd share it with a friend, colleague, or your network. It really does go a long way toward helping more people discover the show, Be sure to tag me in any conversations you have on social. I love to join in on your discussions and to hear what it is that you have to say and just to continue the conversation. And if you'd like more on inclusion and marketing, join the inclusion and marketing newsletter where each week I send stories, news, anecdotes, and insights about how to build an inclusive brand that makes more of the people you serve feel like they belong with you. Go to inclusionandmarketing.com to get signed up. I'll also drop a link to that in the show notes. We've got a pack the show notes today. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.